think Father Capon showed us in a very powerful way, nothing is safe and everything is sacred. And the way that you choose to love people matters and your words matter and your actions matter. And for him, his actions spoke way louder probably than any of his words. My name is Joe Ferris and I want to personally welcome you to the foxhole. Today's a crazy big day. I considered singing happy birthday at the beginning of this episode because today, August the 4th, is my 50th birthday. And I have a special guest for you today, a person that I love more than anything in this world outside of Jesus. And that person is my wife. So my wife is coming into the foxhole to talk with us today, encourage us, challenge us. And if you listen real close, one of the things, the gifts that my wife has is she does not hide behind anything. She is exactly who she is, whether she's on a podcast, in a grocery store, at church, or at work. And I think that's probably one of the things I love the most about her. So you're going to be treated today. You're going to be treated with a lot of different questions. And maybe it'll be a little more loose than we've done in the past. And that might be a blessing because it's my 50th birthday. So if you want to give me a gift, here's what you can do. Find somebody in your life to love and go and support Capon's Men. Google it. Go to the website. Find a way to consider donating, whether it's cash or your time or even just your talents in some way. Capon's Men is growing all over the country. This podcast is growing weekly, and I just want to grow with you. So thank you, Capon's Men. Thank you, Father Capon, for being such a hero in my life. Thank you, all the people in the Father Capon Guild. And let's get started. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, I love you. Lord, open my lips, my mouth will proclaim your praise. God, I just pray for this holy conversation with Ashley, my bride. I pray, God, that we can be open and honest, and I pray that you can use this conversation that we've had, Lord, to lead souls closer to you. Because ultimately, Lord, we want to love, to be loved, and to go love. I ask all these things through the sacred heart of Jesus, the immaculate heart of Mary. And I ask Father Capon to pray for me today on my 50th birthday, for anyone who's listening to this podcast, for my bride, for my children, and for all of us as we move now, Lord, into a space that maybe that we're a little uncomfortable with, a new normal we keep saying over and over again. And help us just to seek out moments to love during this time in our lives. I pray, God, for this new season for me and for anyone who's listening to the podcast. Ashley Ferris, welcome to the Foxhole. Thank you, Joe Ferris. It's nice to be here. You guys, this is an incredibly exciting day in the Foxhole for a variety of reasons. One of them is today is my 50th birthday. Woohoo! I have made it a half century, I think is what we call that. So I've moved deeper into this uh, new wisdom. I know so much more after 50 years. <laughs> so I, I want to. I also invited my bride into the foxhole, and she is in the studio today. And we're just going to have a conversation about turning 50, about middle age, about what the heck you're doing with six children, how you raise six children. But before we get into all of that, what I'd like to do 
For those listening that don't know Ashley Ferris and who don't know who my bride is and have heard me talk about her all over the country, in particular Kansas, uh, I would love for you, Ashley, just to introduce our audience to who you are. Wow, Joseph. Um, It's great to be here with you and to, to delve into a little more of what you do which is exciting. Um, I'm a little nervous because uh, sometimes the the uh, portrait you paint of me is way more fun and exciting than the, the actual version of me. So hopefully I'm not disappointing your uh, Kansas friends too much. The Ashley Ferris, who is she? I, that's a really broad question. And... Um, at this point, at my age, it really depends on the moment of who I think I am. But most importantly, uh, I'm a child of God, and I am your wife, and I am a mother. I am a sister. I'm a friend, and I uh, just strive to keep trying to be um, better at all those things. So let, let's be straight here. That's the sweetest answer in history. Come on, people. You know, it's my 50th birthday. And she gives these gentle, sweet answers. She's holding back. She said to me last night, she said, you're, making, you're, you're, you're not going to allow me to say what I want to say, so I'm going to let her say what she wants to say for the most part because we can edit this thing. But Ashley, you are all of those things and more. I, I'd love for you to share with the audience the first, maybe a little bit of your conversion. We served in missions together, and maybe it's a good space for us to start. It's when did you convert from Ashley Ferris, the purple-haired drummer uh, who was a self-proclaimed selfish person, to this person who kind of fell for Jesus and lived this life of service to others? Well, the purple-haired drummer is still in me. Um, Definitely still selfish, too. Probably a bit more of a mess, yes, than than I answered in the first question. But I, I think, for me, the conversion was um, definitely more in my heart. And I didn't necessarily lose all of who I was. I actually gained a better understanding of who I am. And the conversion, the moment really for me, um, was when I married you. And it was on the altar. And I was young, 21 years old. I was just a baby. And I remember um, walking up and and not really understanding my faith and, and being, you know, I, I think we chose that church because it's just where we both went to church. There was no, not a lot of intention behind it for me. It just, that's what I was supposed to do and where I was supposed to get married. And so um, I'm in this, this fancy white dress and this, this fancy wedding surrounded by people um, that I loved and, and a lot of people I didn't even know. And I'm walking up the steps, the three steps to the, to the top of the altar to meet you and to, and to give myself to you. And I just remember feeling like I was carrying this, this very large trash bag and behind me and not carrying it well, you know, just flung over my shoulder, weighing me down, holding me back physically just feeling that as I'm walking up and realizing I'm giving all of myself to you, all of my baggage, all of my brokenness, all of my mess. 
and it just seemed impossible. Like, this isn't going to work. And out of the corner of my eye, with the wisdom and beauty of of the church, um, there was the crucifix. And by the grace of God, there was just a moment where I thought, no, you can't do this, Ashley. But he can, and the three of us can together. And I knew then that this marriage was going to be probably what saved my life in a lot of ways. And it did. And it has. And it continues to. Uh, I can remember well that white dress. It was quite a beautiful white dress. And it I really great was. Hair it was. Yeah. If you remember, I had a full head of hair. You did have great hair. I looked pretty solid. Yeah, you did. So, and, you look, and you had that gardenia. Oh, I love yeah. a gardenia. The, my dress is a little big for, for my um, my frame, my petite frame. I think it was a little much. Probably do something a little simpler today. Yeah, I, I would say I, I remember the doors were closed, and then I waited. I don't think I'd ever seen you in your dress. No. Uh, it was pretty powerful. It was, it was a moment of, of, of goodness, I think, of seeing you and seeing how beautiful you look. So let's fast forward 20... Eight, nine. We seem to get the years mixed up after all this time. Twenty-seven. It will be twenty-seven in October. Uh, So tell me this: You're now married to a fifty-year-old man. Mm. Okay, and at twenty-one, that would have been weird. But now we're both fifty, almost, or Mm -hmm. I'm fifty, and you're a little bit younger. So tell me what you've learned about. I mean, and remember, we're on podcast all over the world right now. (laughs) So let's try to be careful. But let's talk a little bit about some of the lessons that you've learned. Uh, in yourself and in married life, uh, and maybe somebody listening can take something from that. For one, you know me well enough to know, do not tell me to be careful. Um, that is an immediate um, invitation to to get real and authentic and not to be careful. Um, so all the all the editors of the podcast <laughs> just leaned in to start listening real close. Joe and Ashley have lost it. He's 50 today. Where's this thing going to go? Well, I have to be careful, right? Because I want to be respectful of the, it, your story, right? And you get to tell your story. I don't get to tell your story. I don't have permission to do that unless you want to give me permission to do that. Um, I can tell my story and I can tell our story. So um, it, I, I wouldn't, I guess one of the things that I love about our adventure and our journey is that we haven't done it, um, like we, we've just chosen a different route and it seemed unpredictable, unreasonable, um, absolutely in, insane at times, and I wouldn't change one moment of it. I wouldn't change the suffering we've endured alone and together. I wouldn't change the miraculous and glorious moments that we've had every day. I, I wouldn't change one ounce, and I can't imagine growing old and having the privilege and the opportunity to grow old with anybody else but you. And you're a pain. I mean, it's not like you're super easy, um, but I am too. And I think I, I, I really am so excited for to be, I've been in your life more than I haven't now. And so I've gotten to see 
the transformation that happens when you really look inside yourself, see areas that are broken and take those. And I think I thought we used to have to put it back together. And I don't know that I believe that anymore. I think God puts it back together, but yet there's still that brokenness and, and there's some real beauty in that brokenness. And, and had you not experienced any of that brokenness, you wouldn't be the man you are today. So I heard you, Ashley, and it's always, I could listen to you all day. You're beautiful. Your voice is so beautiful. And I, I think you meant to say, you mixed your words up. You said pain. I think you meant it's been glorious. And, uh, but <laughs> no, I wanna, pain. <laughs> we have had uh, two of our oldest children have been married in the last couple of years. And I think there's probably someone listening right now who's like, it's Joe's 50th, his wife is on the podcast, what the heck is going on? So I, I want to ask you a kind of a, a two-part two question. One, what kind of advice have you given to your boys, either outwardly or in your heart as you've prayed for them as they've married, both of them? Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you say to the, the man listening right now who goes, my, I'm not on an adventure, Ashley. It's been 25 years of drudgery. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm struggling. I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. I feel lonely. I feel like I've done this all by myself. Like, how do you speak to the guy listening who doesn't have that and who might even would say, um, I'm trying to find a way out? Gosh, that, well, firstly, like my gift of tears is bubbling up. That breaks my heart. Um, so... I think, for one, I, I, I would say if, if there's an abusive relationship, then that's a different kind of relationship, emotional, physical, any of that. And that's not what we're talking about. So if there's any kind of for abuse, sure. that sure. needs to be addressed in a different way because that's not okay. Right. We're talking about, I think we're living in the world of just mediocrity. Okay. Um, so... Gosh, that's really a tough, it's really tough because I I don't think there's a blanket answer because I think we all were individuals trying to live life together. And I guess from my experience with you is we've encountered those times where it's almost like we just bump heads because we're unwilling to grow. And we, when we open ourselves up to maybe looking at something in a different way or listening in a different way, that's when the, the love really just bursts wide open to say, okay, I see that in myself and I need to do better. And so I'm willing to grow and I'm willing to change and I'm willing to challenge myself, not just so that I can love you better, but so that I can love myself and understand myself better too. But I, that's just a grace, I think, and an openness. So I guess my advice would be to just open your heart and allow God to move through each season of your life. He's going to, he's, he's always throwing seeds and, and just allow them to cultivate that so that they can grow and bloom. And you, and that's just going to feed your family, too. And as and far as my, my boys, I mean, they've married incredible women. I, I, I got two new daughters. And <clears throat> see, I'm already crying. <laughs> it's like, what time is it, 8 a.m.? Um, it, it, 
It is absolutely beautiful to watch. And I think what I hope that I've taught my children is I want you to be who you were created to be. You're not mine. You don't belong to me. And no matter what you choose and who you are, I will love you. There's nothing you can do that would make me not love you. And I'm so grateful that they've chosen the spouses that they have. I think um, marriage is tough. I love watching this young young love blossom and, and grow. It's so exciting and, and I think invigorates our own marriage and our own family. But um, for sure, I, I hope I can stay out of the way, honestly. And... Um, and I think they know if they need me and they need you, we're right here, always. Now, I, I'm going to talk for a second so she can clear herself up because she has, as Pope Francis calls it, Pope Francis calls it, the gift of tears. And uh, we're filling the studio up with tears this morning. But I do think, Ashley, that I don't want to leave the marriage. I was at both, clearly. Um, thank goodness they invited me to both of them. And there was a toast you made. Both your toasts were beautiful and powerful, but the second one, I want to just, for our audience, to hear you speak a little bit about Mary Oliver. She wouldn't be this great Catholic poet, and no one would probably, a lot of people, folks probably haven't even heard of her, but you seem to have found this beautiful, gentle spirituality of nature. Um, you know, Paul LaCrosse said nature is the cathedral, the outdoor cathedral. So how has... I remember you spoke to one of our kids at one of the toasts in front of everybody, and you just incorporated Mary Oliver. Bring that in a little bit to the conversation, because there are women that listen to the podcast as well. Um, and it's not just women. I mean, men love nature as well. So talk to us a little bit about that. Mary Oliver. She, you know, my mother died, I believe it's three, three, four years ago now. I'm so bad with things like that, but... Um, and it was almost like when that happened was when Mary Oliver came in, almost like as a mother figure for me, to reassure me and to show me a different way um, to kind of look at my spiritual life. And she she really just opened up something in me that <clears throat> I think was there as a child that I had kind of dismissed and not paid attention to in a long time. And so... It was, it was, she is very gentle and, um, I love her story. She, um, you know, came from a very abusive home and her, to survive that she would walk in the woods and when she walked in the woods is where she saw God and what was around her and what he created. And she took that darkness, um, and she, and in this unfathomable way to me at times brought gratitude to it and wouldn't let that darkness define her and control her. And so she took that and made it into something good and beautiful, and that was her poetry. And I read her every day, and um, she inspires me to be, to be better and to not give up and to make sure that I'm paying attention to the present moment as much as possible and taking it in deeply and simply and not adding 
all the junk we like to add to stuff, but just keeping everything very simple and beautiful and true. And um, even just breathing, you know, becomes just the spiritual opportunity that I have breath, that I have a life, that I get this moment with you is incredibly miraculous. And um, I, I, I can't get enough of her. And so it was easy with the toast to Solomon and Lydia. There's a poem, um, I believe it's called Chosen. And basically it says, you know, you don't choose love. Love chooses you. And I, their story to me just represented that. I mean, it doesn't make sense especially when you get married as young as we did and now as young as our two boys have marrying their high school sweethearts like that doesn't just happen it chooses you and that is just the greatest honor and the fact that that you've chosen me to love you is you know miraculous Let's stay in that for a second because you dropped Mary Oliver and one of the things uh, to those listening, this is my bride and she is the best and she is awesome and I talk about her all the time and, and she's all-state Connecticut in soccer, you know, played in a band, every person in town loved her and thought she was so awesome. That's not and true. She, she really was this, uh, this person who lived this life of great successes and one of the beauties of being married to her is that she has this ability to keep me humble. You know, she's not <laughs> impressed by a Catholic celebrity or any celebrity, by, for that matter. Uh, and I, I would love it, Ashley, if you'd break open a little bit, because you were, and still are, super accomplished in your life, uh, why you are so consumed almost at times with, first, the individual, and then secondly, um, not living out of celebrity or uh, allowing people of celebrity that maybe are have an ulterior motive to speak into your life. Yeah, even the words Catholic celebrity get on my nerves right now. Um, I, that's a tough question. There's a lot in that. Um, I don't feel like I love the way that you look at me and see me and it's really beautiful. I don't feel like that. Um, but I think for me, for sure, I like depth. I like authenticity. And so when um, I like it when other people find their space, figure out who they are, and thrive. I love that moment. I love to be a part of that. I love to watch that. Any chance I get... Um, I, I don't necessarily want to be in the limelight. I don't want, um, I mean, playing soccer was great. It was a great outlet for me. And I loved being in the band and, and being the drummer, you're kind of behind, you know, you're not right out front. And I, I loved all of those things and still do. But um, I guess I have a hard time <laughs> what it boils down to really is I don't like to be told what to do. So 
there's something in me that just because you have a microphone doesn't mean you have the have permission to speak into people's lives and the authority to speak into people's lives. And I think you have to be very, very careful, which twofold is, I think, so how can I, I have to be careful who I let speak into my life and who I give authority to. And that's been very difficult for me to learn that because I've had to learn to trust myself and I've had to learn to trust only Jesus and and that's been a bumpy road for me because, like I said, I don't necessarily like to be told what to do. And yet Jesus loves to humble me in that way. Um, and it's kind of funny, actually, at times. So with that said, the person I think that we've both given permission, me more than you, to speak into my life is Father Capon. You know, I, I 20 years ago, bumped into this ordinary skinny priest from Kansas who wrecked my world and wrecked my spiritual life and really brought me closer to Jesus and it wasn't because of what he said or the books he wrote or the movies that were written or made about him it was because of the way he took care of people. Now I could talk all day and have forever about what Father Capon has done for me and how I see him as an example uh, in this day and age but how about you Ashley? You, you've been around it and I've, I don't think I told you I was going to ask you this but talk to me a little bit about what you have seen from Father Capon and, and maybe some of the inspiration that you've drawn from his life. Well, I've seen what he's done for you. So that was enough for me. But I think what I love about him is in that in that foxhole with those men, it didn't matter. All the things we think matter didn't matter. It didn't matter what they believed. It didn't matter who they voted for. It didn't matter if they had been a good husband or a good father, if they had, you know, knelt long enough or stood long enough or all of these, you know, things that we think matter the most. All of that didn't matter. And he loved each of them because they were created. And I just can't not fight for a world that would love like that all the time. Not just in those situations, but imagine a world where that's how we treated each other and loved each other, and that we stopped the competition and we stopped the judgment and we just invited everyone in so that Jesus can do the work because we act like it's us and it's not us. It's never us. He uses us, right, to help others and to do things, but he didn't. He came down to do something different. And sometimes I think we get stuck in wanting to things to be predictable and controlled. And you know, it's easy to say, let's cast these people aside and, and let's keep this quote-unquote safe. And I think Father Capon showed us in a very powerful way, nothing is safe and everything is sacred. And the way that you choose to love people matters and your words matter and your actions matter and for him his actions spoke way louder probably than any of his words I, I man you, you take you made that beautiful I, I do know Ashley that Bishop Kimmy is probably listening as well 
And for our listeners, he's the bishop of the Diocese of Wichita. And I know that you like Bishop Kimmy. I remember the time. And, and so tell me a little bit about what you, because I remember walking away and you saying, you know, we've met, you've met certainly plenty of bishops, and it's hard for you to ever be impressed by any. Um, you just love people, love them all the same. You know, but tell me a little bit about that encounter with Bishop Kimmy, and then I know we're going to have to start moving toward the end. But tell me a little bit about that and what your feeling of him personally was. Oh, I thought he was lovely. He was very gentle, seemed very kind. I do, I, I think it, I worry about people in positions of power. I think it always, um, for me, kind of maybe is a little bit of a trigger, throws up a little caution. Um, I think power and authority you know, can be very abusive very quickly and very easily. And he, in the little time that I met him, um, just seemed very gentle and very kind and very loving and you know, just spoke in a way that he really loved the people that he was serving and was grateful to be able to do the work that he's doing. And I pray for him every day that he keeps that gentle, humble heart. And I, I know it's not easy. Um, and I certainly would never wish that upon anybody, um, is to be in a position of authority and power, and you, you have to be so careful with it, which is why I continue to pray for all the priests and the everybody, um, bishops, priests, the Pope, everybody um, in any denomination that's in a position of power, um, that it, it, can, it can, you know, it could break you very quickly. I mean, yeah, he, I think he, he saw us as people, not as projects or programs or, or how we could serve him. And I think Amen. sometimes we get stuck in that as a church. We see people and we, we, we don't, we forget they're people and we forget that each one is special. And in the South, we would always say that's somebody's baby. You know, I, I think Bishop Kimmy, one of the things that always impressed me, and I think it impressed you as well, is he knew the names of our children and he asked about them. Yeah. And it wasn't that he asked about him to move on to the next thing, but he stayed with the question. So, Ashley, we have got only a few seconds left, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the open mic in a second, which is always dangerous in any guest we have on. Uh, and I'm just going to say, whatever we didn't say, you got a 50-year-old husband today. <laughs> You've been in the church for, uh, in, I, I, we jokingly say, in and around the church and on the periphery of the, periphery of the church for all these years. Six children. Uh, you work, you, you're doing all these things. Like, what is it that comes up in you that you feel like, hey, this is my chance to share with a huge audience all over the United States, and I'm just open to you going with it. So here, open mic, go get them, go. I would say that um, you are the real deal, that I am grateful for Kansas and Capen's men <laughs> and um, you know everybody that's been a part of the retreats out there I've never been I've not gotten to go on the pilgrimage and if I'm supposed to I know I'll be there one day I, I, and get to meet some of these amazing people um, but I'm so grateful for them and I'm so grateful for um, Father Capen and and everywhere in Kansas and the lives that he's touched and the people he's brought together. It's organic. It's real. 
And it's a movement of the Holy Spirit that has, it's just been a privilege to watch. And thank you to everybody that has journeyed with Joe because you've changed his life. You've made him a better man, a better husband, a better father, a better servant, a better son of God. And, and I am eternally grateful for everyone in, in the Father Capon's community and Capon's men and for the opportunities you've given him and our family I, I cannot say thank you enough. And the truth of the matter is, I know he talks about me all the time. And, and again, I love the way he sees me and the way he loves me. And I'm, I feel I don't deserve it. But I'll tell you, um, you, Joe Ferris, are my hero. And I love you. And I'm glad I've got to be with you as long as I have. Happy birthday. Yeah, I don't even know how to receive those kind of compliments. They're always hard for me, and I appreciate it. And what I'll tell uh, everyone uh, before we ask Ashley to pray us off the podcast is uh, 50 is exciting. I, I don't see it as the end of anything. It's the yet another season I get to enter and skip into or run into or maybe walk into. And I ask you to consider, and Scott's going to come on with some challenges, but I'm going to even overstep that today because it's my 50th birthday, right? What's Scott going to do? Fire me? So I want to um, ask you to consider doing two things today. One, in the spirit of all this beauty that my wife has just shared with you, um, I want to just ask you to pray moving forward how Father Capon is inspiring you to love somebody. Go further than just the easy folks, the folks that that we, we sit next to maybe for years, but maybe reach out a little further, the person at the Starbucks or the person at work or the person in your community and potentially even that person that maybe is hard to love. And secondly, I ask you to go to the Capons Men website in the spirit of my 50th birthday. Um, if you have resources, and I don't uh, personally have tons of resources during all of this crazy pandemic year, but if you have resources, I know there's a lot of things going around with the funeral and the body coming home. Um, anything you can do to support that would be huge. And that would be enough gift for me. Um, because I do believe, even though Father Capon would probably be somewhat embarrassed of all this attention, um, I think he is someone for our church in the United States at this time in history to hold up as a model. I'm not called to be Father Capon. I'm called to be Joe Ferris. But I am called to see the things that he's done, be inspired and encouraged and share that with other people. So if you have time, uh, take some time, pray for somebody to love today, and then take some time. If resources are, are okay with you right now, then go online and support the funeral and the things that are going on with Father Capon. Ashley, you've been a blessing and a joy in my life and in my I can't believe I'm married to you. I, I remember as a 16-year-old kid uh, thinking you're the most beautiful person I'd ever known. So it's cool to sit in a podcast studio with you right now and talk to you. But I ask you to pray us off the podcast. Uh, and we, you know, you you know, I pray for you every day. Um, but be assured of the prayers of Capon's men as well. And say a prayer for us. All right. Before I do, I just want to clarify the Mary Oliver poem is not called Chosen. It's called Not Anyone Who Says. So just... As an aside, that's important. I'm glad you cleared that up because I was just thinking, I can't believe she got that wrong. I know. I'm sorry. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the gift of 
Father Emil Capen and for what he's doing in the world and in the church. Lord, we ask that you would open our hearts to be, um, to be loved, to be loved by you, to be loved by others, and help us to love others better, to love, to love each person we encounter, to listen, to try to empathize and understand, and to be the people that you've called us to be, to be the church that you've called us to be, and to be the world that you've called us to be. Not anyone who says, by Mary Oliver, not anyone who says, I'm going to be careful and smart in matters of love, who says, I'm going to choose slowly, but only those lovers who didn't choose at all, but were, as it were, chosen by something invisible and powerful and uncontrollable and beautifully and beautiful and possibly even unsuitable. Only those know what I'm talking about in this talking about love. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, happy birthday, Joe. And thank you, Ashley, for joining us today in the foxhole. It's wonderful to hear from you. And we really appreciate the love, the support that you give Joe and his mission work for us here at Capon's Men. It's a great gift to the whole church. And you're right, Joe. I can't overstep you on your birthday. So just to reiterate, the challenge, direct from Joe himself, is to ask yourself, how is Father Capon inspiring me to go further in loving somebody? And not just the easy people, but someone who doesn't normally receive that love from us. And also in honor of Joe's birthday, as he said, you can make a donation to Father Capon's cause and everything we have going on with his return home by going to fathercapon.org. And we'll put that link in the show notes as well. We're very grateful for your support. And please know of our prayers for you as well. I also want to let you know that in the coming weeks, we'll be featuring a series on Father Capon's homecoming to get you pumped up for this momentous occasion in September. We'll talk to several people about the life of Father Capon and the impact that he's having all over the world and why his homecoming is meaningful to us as Capon's men, no matter where we live in the world. You won't want to miss these next several weeks. That's all we have for today. As always, stay humble and stay courageous. And thanks for joining us in the foxhole. We can surely expect that in our own lives, there will come a time when we must make a choice between being loyal to the true faith or of giving allegiance to something else which is either opposed to or not in alliance with our faith. O God, we ask of thee to give us the courage to be ever faithful to thee. Blessed are they who suffer persecution for justice sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. May the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of you. Amen.